0: The following episode of Fofop is rated MA. It contains alternating hosts, a rotating roster of guests, and mild course language. Fofop advises that it is not suitable for anyone under the age of 15, or anyone who came here looking for one of those highbrow NPR-type podcasts. Minors must be accompanied by a parent or guardian. This is John Deak speaking. (laughs) Welcome to Faux Fop. I'm Charlie Clausen, and my guest this week, you might know him as one of the hosts of the Bunta Vista podcast, one of the founders of the Bolf Brisbane-only Rotoscope Lightning Film Festival. You might also know him as Thomas Violence on Twitter. Ben McClay, welcome back to Faux Fop. Hey, how you doing? How did Bolf go? Uh,
1: it was fantastic. Uh, yeah. We somehow managed to not lose money, which I think is an <laughs> absolute miracle. <laughs> Uh I found out what happens to my body if you do like only midnight finishes at work for two weeks in a
0: row. Uh, which was great. But <laughs> other than that, yeah, it was it was tremendous. Was there any uh film that was a particular highlight? The one that got the biggest reaction?
1: Oh, I don't know. seeing uh watching big trouble uh in Little China in a in a big room with a lot of people was a lot of fun. Especially like a shit ton of people had never seen it before. Uh just seeing some sort of gasps of astonishment at that was very very nice the whole thing was very rewarding when we got to the point where people were sort of self-directed without any push just yelling bolf whenever lightning <laughs>
0: popped up on screen
1: which is very nice it's very heartening
0: I uh, yeah like the pronunciation of bolf, it's hard to get the l in after the r like i've been trying to tell people about it and <laughs> i don't know it's like uh, I am not sure what the uh, what a what a speech pathologist would say about it, like the consonant following the I don't know, the open R or something, but it's a real tricky one. There's
1: definitely something in there that's it's not meant to be in English, I don't think. Uh my my business partner who I was running with this with, who was also called Ben, uh the whole time he never pronounced it correctly even once. And it was his <laughs> festival as well. So, you know, I don't blame anyone if they struggle with it.
0: So a good chance of Bolf coming back in twenty twenty three?
1: Yeah, absolutely. Uh, we are we are dead set on it. I think we're even going to try and push to do it earlier in the year next year so that we don't have to wait 12 months to do it again, I think.
0: Uh, that's exciting. Well, Ben, thanks yeah. for coming back on Fofop as um, uh, uh, Fofop's resident supernatural expert.
1: Thank you. I'm thrilled
0: to be here in that capacity. The largest <laughs> private libraries <laughs> of supernatural tomes. Have you added anything to it recently?
1: I have, actually. Uh, I very recently purchased a, a an embarrassingly large number of books that were previously from a a not quite as tongue-in-cheek paranormal research library from a, a man in victoria that was selling a ton of them and he was selling them for an awful lot of money uh but i was stupid enough to buy them and then i just got this massive box filled with these lovely like 1950s 1960s ufo books that were all individually wrapped in tissue paper with a little like handwritten note that he gave me wishing me luck in my future research which i thought
0: was very sweet there is a great amount of camaraderie amongst the supernatural community we did a live show at the opera house um a few years ago as part of just for laughs and i don't know why I went down this track but I just I I, I I sort of got this idea in my head that I wonder if there's ever been any like ghost sightings at the opera house and so I started googling you know uh, opera house ghosts and stuff and found this one guy had this blog all about his visit to Australia and going to the opera house and he documented it it was literally just like this whole blog dedicated to his trip from Canada to Australia to the opera house and the ghost of the encountered. And like he posted photos of where he saw the ghost. And so I contacted him. I reached out and said, Hey man, like I'm actually going to be doing a live show at the opera house. And I'm fascinated by this supernatural encounter you had. Can you, you know, give me any information about it? And so we started up this correspondence and then I said, so if I was to, um, to try and capture some kind of recording or evidence of this, this ghost what do i need and so he went took me through the whole kind of um uh you know you need like analog recordings because digital mm-hmm. recordings aren't great for capturing ghosts and of so course. i bought like a, I had to buy a, a tape player from the us <laughs> the only one i could <laughs> afford to get was to get this one off ebay and had to like get it converted for it and um you couldn't use digital cameras i had to buy film cameras so during the show i recorded i, I had the tape player on stage and just recorded it and um, and had like the guests that we had on the show that night like just snap photos whenever they thought in the hope that, you know, because I kept sort of summoning the spirit, like inviting the spirit <laughs> to join us on stage and stuff, but he was so sweet, this guy. Like he really wanted to check up on me and he kept send me, sending me all this like supplementary information that might help me and he assured me that this ghost wasn't going to be malicious and that, you know, he'd had quite a uh, positive experience <laughs> with it. Um, and then he sort of directed me to some friends he'd made in the, um, the go- not Ghost Hunters, but like a, a similar sort of Facebook group of Australia, like, but I've had to check out of that group because the level of kind of insanity, it's like always a hop, skip and a jump from I saw a ghost to, like, you know, the CIA is controlling our thoughts.
1: Yeah, I am. Um, I am in this group that's. I think it's either Queensland or Brisbane specific UFO sightings. No, it's Queensland. Sorry, Queensland UFO sightings. Because I thought, you know, that's cool. Uh, if it's just someone being like, well, last night I saw this light. I can't explain it. And half the time, the posts are. Someone's like, "Whoa, this light was moving like crazy," and then five people in the comments are like, "No, your hand was moving because you tried to shoot, you know, like a plane at night, and that's what it is." But then the other half, it will be someone being like, "Holy fuck, you've just spotted Nibiru, the other planet that comes too close to ours, and like the CIA is trying to stop us from knowing about Nibiru, and it's a whole thing." And then those like. It spirals into QAnon nearly every time somehow.
0: Yeah, it always seems to attract the same kind of people. I even watched this video. Um, we got an, a, an email from the publicist for this guy, David Weiss. Have you heard of him? He's like the no. he's the preeminent flat earther. Um, uh, uh, and so we, we... Oh,
1: I think we might have got an email from him as well. Is he the guy that does the podcast that's just called The Flat Earth Podcast?
0: Yes, yes. yes. Oh, yeah. I, yep, think, he, I yes. think his publicist went on a bit of an Australian podcast yeah, because it was like one of those, it felt like a bot email, which is like, hey, David Weiss is the preeminent Flat Earther. And they sent a few links to like previous appearances that he'd done. And again, like it's a hop, skip and a jump from one, you know, from I believe in Flat Earth to like, you know, lizard people controlling everything. Yeah. In yes. But also the uh, link that they sent us was meant to be this, I guess, like an endorsement of, you know, this is what what a great guest he is. But the link they sent uh-huh. us was him doing some Zoom call with, I'm assuming a, a panel that was half skeptics and half flat earthers and like the skeptics as he would, because uh, one of his assertions in this little four minute clip is that Sully never landed the plane. <laughs> <And> the Hudson, <laughs> that never happened. <laughs> that was like a fabricated event. To what oh, end? I don't know. That's but, so specific <laughs> of a thing to be like, Oh, well, obviously well, that can't, yeah, um, can't be real. I mean, Well, that's the thing. Cause he, it was really like he, he ramped up the kind of paranoia and the conspiracy from, um, you know, the Earth is flat. We get lied to by everyone. You can't trust the government, mm-hmm. and then suddenly, never learned the blind. Like his theory was, his theory was that everything is a conspiracy. We, we live in a in like a complete lie. Which, in my mind, is like, well, if it's all a lie, then there's no conspiracies because everything like it evens out. Like, if yeah, the conspiracy it's is reality, then it's fine. Don't worry about
1: you, it. You kind of just get to carry on with your life. If you know, like, what are you going to do otherwise? I used to listen to that podcast a lot because I went through this thing of like, you know, flat earthism kind of had a moment like five Mm. or six years ago maybe where a lot of memes and shit about it and people were talking about it a lot. And I had become somewhat convinced that no one sincerely believed it and that it was just a bunch of people sort of doing it ironically for laughs because a lot of it was too convenient. You know, there's always that screenshot that's shared of a post from a flat earth group that's like, flat earthers have followers around the the globe globe or whatever yeah Yeah. Yeah. so i was like all right this is obviously that's like a well-written joke you know so that's that's a piss take so i'll start listening to a podcast from some actual flat earthers and get their beliefs i started listening to this one and i became overwhelmingly charmed by the two hosts (laughs) like they were so there's David and then there was another guy. So they previously had a different host that I think they'd had a falling out with or something, but it was these two guys. One where <laughs> one is the sort of secular conspiracy theorist who was David, and there was another religious flat earther, his wow. co-host. And their dynamic was that they both believed roughly the same things but for different reasons, and they would kind of lightly bully each other about it. <laughs> so like there's, there's one bit in particular on one episode where, you know, they're talking about like NASA, which stands for never a straight answer, obviously. Uh, Of
0: course.
1: And like, you know, they're faking videos and you can tell because one time an astronaut let go of a bolt and it dropped straight down on the ISS or whatever. And then Stanley Kubrick some,
0: was brought in to film uh, to fake the moon landing, right?
1: Yeah, and he's been doing it ever since, you know. <laughs> like he's still alive. <laughs> uh, and at some point the topic of the religious guy's wedding came up, and then the the other host just starts bullying him for having a dry wedding, where like he wasn't allowed to have <laughs> booze. It it's just in this completely deranged stuff they're talking about. There's this kind of like quite funny little like they've got a little bickering friendship or whatever. And so I'd be listening to it and I'd be like, oh, I love these guys that I'd hear Set them say something that got dangerously close to reptiles control the world and also the reptiles are Jewish. And I'd be like, oh, shit. Nope, that's right. No, no, no. Don't get Stockholm syndrome for like the flat earth guys.
0: Well, even if, you, if you've if ever heard like uh, John Ronson uh, talk about like hanging out with Alex Jones, like I think he, in one of his books, what's it called? Adventures with Extremists or one of his books where he hangs yeah. out with all these kind of people who believe in, uh, have fringe beliefs. And it was when it was before Alex Jones became Infowar Alex Jones when he was still pretty much like on the outer Yeah. and they infiltrated some like illuminati elites uh meeting where there was like that there, there was a big like pagan owl that they like a wicker man type owl thing and Oh um fuck what's it called Bohemian Grove Yes Bohemian Grove that's right yeah. which was actually it's a real thing you know but but I always yeah. feel like the Simpsons Nailed it best with the stonemasons episode where it's literally probably just a bunch of guys getting together and getting drunk, like that's all it is. It's
1: a men's club yeah. like it's a hundred percent they're like all the rich and powerful people are getting away from their wives who they hate because they are men of a certain age, and that's what happened to them over
0: time. yeah <laughs> it's funny. I saw a, a video um I think I'm pretty sure it was an it's an old video, but it's going around on Twitter again. Um, Patton Oswald just retweeted it, and it's like a first person video, a security guard who works. In a morgue, or oh, not a morgue, but like a, a cemetery, and he's in the um, what do you call it? Like a, a mausoleum, where you keep all the the bodies in the in the drawers. <laughs> is that what it's called, a mausoleum? Is that a morgue? No, no, not like a morgue. It's, it's like a, m- a cemetery. You know, cemeteries have buildings. <laughs> okay, Maybe up. that is, a mausoleum. is sure, a mausoleum. it's the the shelves There's, shelves with yeah, bodies. It's room, got, like you know, marble marble plaques on the walls, and like the bodies They're not oh. their bodies aren't buried underground. A, 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 what are they called? <laughs> I feel so stupid. It is a mausoleum, isn't it? I don't know. Mausoleum. Let's sure. Say, let's say that's what it is. Anyway, the security guard is filming his POV and he can hear like clanging. He's kind of narrating what's going on, which is like, uh, you know, th- this keeps happening every night. Someone keeps sneaking in. Hello, get out here. And you hear this clanging and clanging and clanging. And then you hear like like whispering, like like a child whispering. And... Like, it's clearly fake and it's really well done. Like, it's as, it's, a, it's as cleverly shot as like a paranormal activity or something. And I know it's fake. I'm sitting in the gym this morning, like bright light. <clears> there's like some horrible techno playing. And I've got my headphones in and I'm watching this video. And even then, I was like, I could feel the hairs on the back of my arms stand up. Like, and I am a skeptic. I don't believe in that this stuff is real, but it's so amazing how it's short like that short circuit happens to your brain there's something about it inherently oh, affecting
1: absolutely we've somehow managed to i don't know it's one of those like there's definitely we have some weird evolutionary response to creepy child whispering <laughs> or things being out of sight that we have like short-circuited with horror tropes yeah. which i don't know how we managed to land on yeah. that I, i'm like i'm definitely a skeptic about all this stuff like i don't think i really believe in you know a- a- anything but <laughs> You're i <the> <laughs> I have no beliefs whatsoever. I worked at this cinema uh, in Brisbane that was, which is now a, like a hill song, which is very upsetting. But uh, it was previously this independent cinema I worked for. There was previously a dandy that was previously this cinema built in the 1900s, so really, really old building, chock full of asbestos, uh, in like that was exposed through cracks in the wall at some oh, points, which is great. But um, it, it was sort of famous for being haunted, and I would be doing these like shifts by myself or i'd be there very late at night closing up and be like well i just i don't believe in ghosts so this is like not going to be a problem for me and i would be shit scared the entire time just like uh, every time i had to vacuum one of the cinemas in particular i would just work myself into a frenzy because i couldn't like hear anything because of the vacuum and i'd just be like oh there's someone right behind me the whole time (laughs) i was vacuuming i'd be like i fucking hate this shit fuck this ghosts aren't real the ghosts are gonna get me fuck (laughs) this
0: It's funny, like all it takes to like scare me in a movie is glowing red eyes. Like if a character's eyes glow red, I'm like, oh, fuck. (laughs) Like I don't know what it is. I think it's because my sister, my older sister, we used to share a bedroom when we were kids. She was four years older than me. And my mum had this antique Like, um, aluminium, not a rocking horse, but it was an aluminium toy horse that you could ride. So you stand on this aluminium horse and you should push the pedals down. The legs are kind of expand and contract. So like a and you could ride it. It's got wheels on the bottom of the, of the hooves. Yeah. And so, um... But like all antiques, it's kind of creepy looking, you know, like it's kind yes. of like.
1: antique toys uh, yeah. that have evil energy in them
0: somehow, all of them. And so my sister, when we're, so she's four years older than me, when I was about maybe five or six, and so she was, you know, nine or ten, we'd be, just as we were going, getting ready to go to sleep, she would say, oh, oh by the way, uh, I woke up last night and no. I, saw the, I saw the horse and its eyes glowed red and it moved its way towards your bed. And like, I remember just being like, what? And she's like, good (laughs) night. And then I would wake up up in the morning and she has got up before me and she's like edged the horse closer to my bed. And she did this over like a number of nights to the point I've got the horse here, like he's in my office. Like I'm looking at him right now. I feel like the only way to conquer my fear was to take that cursed doll and bring him home with me. But I think... Just that it was such it was such brilliant storytelling and such a and she was very patient with the prank as well. <laughs> she just God kind of damn. she didn't overstep the mark at any point. That it just embedded my brain that glowing red eyes are terrifying. Fuck.
1: So that's the that's the paranormal activity principle. You don't really show anything because your imagination is always way worse. So you just literally moving a horse three centimeters is fucking terrifying <laughs> in that context. And so like nothing has happened.
0: Exactly. God.
1: I, uh, uh When I was working at pedestrian. TV, like ages and ages and ages ago, we got offered a, a like a, what do they call them? Like a famil or whatever, where the studio flies you over to somewhere to tweet about and write articles about something to promote a movie. And it was for one of the new Annabelle movies, you know, like the haunted mm-hmm. doll ones. And oh, yeah, yeah. the trip was you go to the museum set up by those, the paranormal investigators in real life, the whatever that yeah. couple was called. And then, you yeah. know, you you look the at The insidious couple. Yeah. The fucking- Oh, I
0: can't remember what they're called. But, uh, Patrick Wilson and uh, Rose ben. Yeah, I kept going to be
1: like the Patrick Wilson one because I keep yeah. now conflating that with the actual investigator's name, uh, and so you just you know you'd go and you'd see the real Annabelle Doll or whatever, and mm. I said no to it because the trip was that you were there for twenty four hours, but you had to fly to New England, which would take like twenty five hours either way, and I was like, oh, that sounds like dog shit. I'm not going to do that. But uh, my friend James Hennessy, who I worked with at the time, he went instead. And he went there and went to the museum and they're all being like, oh, this is a you know dangerous relic of great evil, blah, 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 blah. And then one of the journalists in the room knocked it off the shelf accidentally, like turned around and accidentally clipped it. And the guy giving the tour was just like, oh, don't worry about it. It's fine. Just picked it up and put it back up.
0: <laughs> it's a very forgiving uh, eternal evil. Yeah,
1: yeah. Like, it's just. I, I also think that maybe if I had gone, I probably would have worked myself into a frenzy about it as well.
0: Like I'm very susceptible to suggestion. But the real Annabelle, Annabelle doll is like, it's a, it's not scary looking at all. Like no. in the movies, it's got that horrifying, like, you know, features and stuff. But the real Annabelle doll, isn't it just like, it's like a... It's a regular Raggedy Ann doll. Yeah, Raggedy I, Ann. I think. Thing. Yeah. Which, it looks fine. I mean if you were gonna be if you're gonna be an evil spirit inhabiting a doll, that's what you want, right? Like something that looks relatively yeah. tame on the outside.
1: Also like that's there's a massive creepiness in having something super evil be something super so benign. Cute. But of course that's not how like a cheesy horror movie director would do it. They'd be like, No, we've gotta spook this bitch up.
0: Yeah, exactly. Well, Ben, I wanted you back on the show because I wanted to do a special Halloween uh episode and um As I uh, am trying, it's not a tradition yet. I'm trying to make it a tradition. Um, I like to visit uh, the Twitter account Unexplained Occurrences, which which aggregates some of the craziest uh, supernatural postings from Reddit and other areas. So Mm
1: -hmm.
0: I've grabbed some of my favorites, and I just thought you and I could uh, put on our paranormal investigator hats. Bloodful. And uh, get out your get out get out your digital recorders and your um, well analog obviously because it won't work otherwise yeah yeah analog sorry not the exact analog recorders and your uh, visual spectrum recorders and um, what's that Michael Keaton movie the the white noise what's that, that called again E M
1: wasn't it just called white noise
0: mm, it's called white noise but what's the it's E V P yes EVPs. voice yeah ph- phenomena something yeah. Electro voice phenomena, where you leave a recording and you hear a voice. Yeah, made. I think
1: that's the one. Spectral <laughs> voices and Whatever stuff. That movie was something terrified like me. It scared the fucking shit out of me when I
0: saw it as a kid. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So um, this is from Reddit, and this is under the subreddit of ghosts. And the subject is ghost smells, question mark. Come on now. Do ghosts have smells? My colleague swears he smelled cheese for no reason in the middle of the night. Of course, I made fun of him like crazy, but he swears it was a ghost. A cheese ghost? Is that a thing? That's so odd that that's the place that your brain would go to for an unexplained smell. I mean, what would it take for you to be convinced that you had a cheese ghost? Specifically, a cheese ghost. Would you need to see like cheese, like a disembodied like cheese, just like sort of floating through the the air or something? Or would it just, would the sound of munching <laughs> and the smell of cheese I, I th- be enough? I feel like I would need. to be the smell of a cheese with which I was very
1: familiar, you know, like if it was just a sort of cheesy smell, I'd be like, Oh, I I really need to clean this room. You know, like not that there's a fucking ghost in here, but if I was like, Oh, that's the cracker barrel vintage, I know the smell of a cracker barrel, you know, sharp vintage cheddar anywhere. Holy fuck. There's a cracker barrel ghost in here.
0: (laughs) I mean, that's a good point because I'm trying to think is there any cheese that I could, Tell you like just from the odor alone that that is a cheese, because cheese does smell like a lot of bad things. It's off. It's like you Mm. know, it's pre fungal. (laughs) It's a pre fungal mold. So you're right. You're 100 right. There's how would you how would you know? Yeah, I would need some more confirmation. Like if it was if if I could smell the cheese quite strongly in my room, and I felt like there was a presence, and I could hear (laughs) like just the quiet sound of chewing (laughs) in the corner. You don't even get I, a satisfying
1: crunching either. You it'd no. be like a yeah. It'd just be like a sort of wet mouth noises. Well
0: maybe you need a lactose intolerant cheese ghost. So then you yeah. can also hear the gurgle of its tongue and stomach. <laughs> it's the pre diabetic stomach. Sustained
1: <laughs> farting. Wait a second. There's a lactose intolerant ghost in this room.
0: Um okay. Uh, we'll get to the next one this is uh, the, the heading this is from a uh, subreddit Humanoid Encounters you're a big fan of uh, Humanoids and Cryptids aren't you? Yeah
1: yeah absolutely I've, I've been very uh, closely following there is a lot of Mothman sightings in Illinois for some reason these stories t- t- tend to come up like every couple of weeks love those ones all about them
0: yeah so the Mothman and there's a few in America too which are the there's the Jersey Devil but is the Jersey Devil <laughs> Humanoid or is that just like, a like devil like a I think creature.
1: The, the original story of it was that it was like a devil, like a classic sort of satyr like figure, but all I could think about is the x files episode where it was a Neanderthal woman <laughs> for some reason, which is a very odd choice.
0: I don't think I saw that one
1: it's I think it might even be like no, the- it's in the first series, I think it might be like the second or oh. third episode, I think oh. after the first two like myth arc episodes it's a uh, it's not a good episode. <laughs> uh episode five it's a fifth episode actually
0: okay so this is uh this is from brazil and the heading is man gets his ass beat by humanoid with pincers <laughs> uh silio lima batista was on his way home late one night and was walking along a desolate field when he noticed some lights and figures behind him thinking he was going to be robbed he turned around to face his followers and was confronted by a huge Two-metre-tall figure with large, fiery eyes. Okay, so immediately I'm freaking out.
1: You're out. I'm
0: out. I'm screaming. A huge head and pincer-like hands. All right, so what's your reaction to this encounter? Like you hear something, you're a bit freaked out. You're cleaning the cinema. The vacuum's going. (laughs) I turn around. around. You see a huge two-metre-tall figure with large, fiery eyes, a huge head and pincer-like hands. What's your go-to? Oh, I don't even know how to classify this. I kind
1: of fucking i'm I'm digging this, like you don't see a lot of uh cryptids that are like arthropod based you know I'm not seeing a lot of like crabman type stories
0: yeah it sounds it sounds like a 1950s sci fi like you know like a like a mid transformation fly or something
1: yeah well like this island earth the uh the aliens from from that have the big pincer hands giant heads that's i really like this i'm of course running the fuck out of the cinema um I'm not taking any chances <laughs> but <laughs> that's that's I feel, I feel like there's fertile ground there because like well, arthropods are disgusting and terrifying and very mysterious so what define arthropod uh i, th- well, I I'm going to butcher this probably, but like uh things with exoskeletons like bugs and crabs okay. crustaceans things of that nature
0: I think right
1: mollusks with exoskeletons
0: that's almost um, definitely wrong okay. <laughs> Uh so he lunged at the creature this is Cilio he lunged at the creature and took several swings at it but all of them seemed to miss I mean isn't that a great isn't that a great statement about humanity <laughs> that we encounter something slightly different and our first reaction is to kill it
1: yeah just throw one right hook at it and then later on be like
0: hey what are your intentions yeah, that's right smash first ask questions later tired <laughs> After a few swings, he quickly got gassed. Clearly, he's out of shape. Tired, he stepped back, stunned. Suddenly, the huge creature lunged at him, beating him senseless. Okay, well, fuck them. Fair enough. Like, in self-defense, I would argue that this creature uh, would beat him senseless. Yeah. He, he was later found unconscious and was taken to a nearby hospital where, sev- with, where several large bruises were found on his back and he was treated for a wound on one of his fingers. Okay, so finger of wound is quite funny. I mean, if you if a guy was found like beaten severely, uh, beaten unconscious, chances are severe concussion. Yeah, right? yeah. And so then his recall of the event <laughs> would therefore be influenced by said concussion. Is that a fair? Yeah, I think assessment.
1: Maybe also a little bit of shame might be a driver there. You can't just be like, oh, some guy jumped me and beat me up. You got a, a giant crab monster for sure. <laughs> Like, what fucking cryptid in the history of cryptids has beat someone up? Like, it's such a, it's a really, that's a man-like behavior. Like, you're getting, you're blood drained by a chupacabra, you're getting possessed by a demon, whatever. You're not
0: just getting, like, punched and kicked by a cryptid. Like, I mean, did the cryptid rip off his shirt and say, come at me, bro? Like, it was at that point. 100%. He met the most bro-y cryptid going around. (laughs) He ended up on World Star Hip Hop. Someone filming it, just going yo the whole time in
1: the background.
0: (laughs) Oh, poor Celia. Uh, This was a while back. I hope he's doing better now. Okay, Um, (laughs) fingers crossed (laughs)
1: that finger is healed.
0: (laughs) Uh, So now we're into the uh, Reddit, the subreddit of UFOs. This is kind of your territory. Mm, The good shit. This post um, heading is: We're already in a Star Trek reality. The truth is that we are already in a Star Trek reality in which portals can take you anywhere in our galaxy instantaneously. All the technology we have in the greatest sci-fi films exists right now. And with full disclosure, oh good, Mm -hmm. because I was worried that maybe he was holding something (laughs) back with full disclosure. It will become available to us. The truth is really astonishing it will be far more interest uh, a far more interesting reality once we get there. And we will, this is intimately tied with the concept of ascension, living in a reality of that nature is akin to a dimensional. Oh, okay. It's been cut off by the edge of the screen. Oh, living in a reality of that nature is akin to a dimensional shift. So I think he's okay. using the phrase,
1: full disclosure in a very specific UFO conspiracy sense, which is that there will come a moment where the government fully discloses Ah, everything that's happening. So when, do you remember the, those famous videos that, uh, what's his name from blink one, eight, two released. Uh, and then the Navy said about that. Yeah. yeah. So when that came out and the Navy was like, Oh yeah, those videos are real. Uh, Everyone's like, oh, shit, the moment of disclosure is coming up and a lot of people are like, Trump's going to do disclosure. It's going to happen. And then, you know, nothing nothing came of it uh, because it never, ever does. But, yeah, they're all waiting for the moment when the government's finally like, oh, actually, we've been speaking to aliens for 70 years and they're totally there and we've got all their tech and stuff and dimensional shift. Can't wait.
0: Yeah, what do you, what's your t- take on, like, Bob Lazar and his whole...
1: Bob Lazar's a fraud for sure. Uh, that much I'm right. convinced of. He's just... it's.
0: I don't know what it is. I feel like I've got a
1: relatively... I,
0: I think Bob Lazar's problem is the people who promote him the most are so untrustworthy and so mm. like scatterbrained. <laughs> like the the most of it, I mean, the, the Joe Rogan interview was the sort of the, the, the most I've heard Bob talk where it was just his voice and sort of been prompted by Joe, obviously. But they also mm. had the documentary film because he's done a bunch of, you know, like documentaries. They had the filmmaker who just kept muddying the waters and undercutting anything anything that bob was saying that made you go oh well you know like that you know i guess you know that, that 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 is an interesting point would then be undercut by again a director who would then spin off into wild conspiracy and it's like if you had that much integrity and you know, he's never sought to make any money from it and his story has always been consistent and stuff then wouldn't you partner up with like i don't know a more reputable filmmaker new york or- times yeah exactly something
1: I don't know. It's so weird. I like he gets a lot of, uh, like obviously his testimony feels way more weighty because he cleans up quite well. Yeah. You know, like you get an impression from looking at him, like, oh, this guy says he's like an aerospace engineer or whatever. And he kind of seems like he is. Whereas most of the people that are coming out with that sort of like, oh, I definitely worked at Area 51, you're like, motherfucker, you're not getting hired to work anywhere, <laughs> <Yeah>. let alone <laughs> yeah. at Area 51. Like there's no chance. I, uh, I used to go to, these monthly meetings of UFO Research Queensland, the world's second longest continuously operating UFO research group in the world. Mm. Uh, and uh, I, saw, so I saw a bunch of people give talks and you get a very good sense for who's bullshitting pretty quickly, I think. And even in a room full of people that more or less will believe anything they hear you could feel a room turn against someone giving a presentation. But there was one guy in particular, who was one of the weirdest fucking nights of my life, who was giving a talk there on how he was one of the children at, um, oh, fuck, what's the name of the school? But it was that one in Melbourne in the 60s uh, when like 200 kids and a bunch of teachers saw a UFO in broad daylight. Right. Uh, oh, a, I'll look it up. We should, Something starts with W. 60s. Yeah, like 65 or something along along those lines. Okay, I'm looking at that. Uh, but yeah, he claimed to be one of those kids, which obviously I don't even know how we would begin to validate that. But his whole story was that like ever since he had been being pursued by, you know, ASIO, ASIO. and the government and everything <laughs> who were trying to like – and like part of his thing was that he was like, well, they can easily keep tabs on me because I live next to uh, Amberley – Oh, yeah, West. Yeah, that's the one. He was like, Oh, I live right next to like Amberley Air Force Base, so it's easy for them to watch me. And then the guy in the audience was like, Why don't you move? <laughs> like, why <laughs> do you live there? One of his stories was that he said he got a threat from the government because, and he, he put a, a photo up on his PowerPoint projection that he was doing, uh, where he's like, I went up into the roof to check some insulation, and there was, and I on um, this, and everyone's like looking at the picture, like, Is that a paddle pop stick? What is that? And he's like, yeah, from a magnum, like the gun. <laughs> Which, what? you know, that's a threat because they were going to shoot him.
0: Oh, right. Okay, sure. I mean, the oh, ASIO officer, they armed with magnums? I don't know if they are. <laughs> and like we,
1: like the whole room of people who believe in like crystal energy aliens, you know, they're all just sitting there being like, oh. You're too kiki for us. Yeah, I don't know about this. I, don't, I reckon <laughs> this is bullshit. And then like I've seen other guys in there where one guy was just presenting like hundreds of home videos he'd taken of weird orbs around his house. And I was like, oh, fuck, those orbs are weird. How come this guy's got so many orbs around him? <laughs> That, and that sort of thing, I'm like, maybe they're onto something. But yeah, you'll get some people sometimes where you're just like, come on, man. That's, you need attention. I can see that. This is working for you, but that's, you're full of shit. Now,
0: this is a slightly longer uh, pose. This is actually a link to an article um, about the Flatwoods monster. Are you familiar with this? Oh, that sounds very familiar. On September 1952, seven eyewitnesses claimed to have seen a monster, in quotes, worse than Frankenstein. <laughs> <laughs> in the hills wow. outside of Flatwoods, West Virginia. <laughs> do, you oh, do, mm-hmm. do you want to say it or should I say it? Do you want to say it or should I say it? Oh, you definitely. Okay. <clears throat> I imagine that they mean they saw Frankenstein's monster because if they saw a guy who looked worse than a scientist, well, <laughs> that could be I, anyone.
1: I mean, he is morally reprehensible due to his acts, so I guess,
0: you know. Oh yeah, Maybe. Okay. Yeah. Uh, if, maybe if that's what they meant, then I, I retract my <laughs> criticism. So on that night, Kathleen May and her two nephews, Edward and Fred, along with their friend Tommy and another neighbourhood boy, Neil, and Ronnie Shaver. Okay, right, there's a lot of people. That's <laughs> unnecessary <not> to tell <laughs> this article. Um, uh, they head into the woods in search of a bright object, referred to at the time, by the media of the time as a flying saucer. As they crested the a hill, they saw a group of what Kathleen describes as, and this is her quote, fire-breathing monsters, uh, Oh no! Sorry, sorry. The, they didn't see a group. The group saw what Kathleen described as a fire-breathing monster. He was ten feet tall, with bright green bro- body and a blood red face. He floated towards the. Uh, he floated through the air towards them, between the trees, backlit by a large pulsating ball of fire. Okay. So if I'm the special effects supervisor on this scene, I'm like, "There's too mm-hmm. much fire." <laughs> like, I think fire breathing is great. You know, but putting a ball of fire behind him feels like kill. Can we just have like yeah. a ball? Can we have? A, can we have some rotoscope lightning? Is what I would say.
1: Yeah, now we're talking. Mix it up a little, and then you get some nice color contrast there as well. Otherwise, it's going to be all just sort of washed
0: out. Uh, Kathleen said it looked worse than Frankenstein. It couldn't have been human. <laughs> <laughs> Lemon said uh, which is one of the boys they initially thought it might have been a, an opossum or a raccoon until he shined how <laughs> the fuck could you mistake that for one, a raccoon or an opossum <laughs> like he said it was 10
1: feet tall and it was breathing fire well it's the only moving object you can think of what moves oh raccoons <laughs> raccoons move might be one of those
0: uh, and then he shined his flashlight on it, it was then that he saw the monster complete with its green body that he said it seemed to glow The group stared at the monster in terror for a moment before screaming, turning tail, and probably running away looking back over their shoulders to make sure it wasn't giving chase. The monster, they said, gave off an overpowering metallic odour that the witnesses found nauseating. And according to Kathleen, they vomited for several hours after the encounter. Okay. Do you think lead poisoning had a part to play in whatever hallucination
1: this was? Yeah, it might have been some sort of chemical spill. (laughs) Something, yeah. God damn, I can't get over worse than Frankenstein as a comparison. Just as a <laughs> phrase is like, there's a spectrum of good-looking things to bad-looking things, and you've chosen as your marker Frankenstein. Worse than Frankenstein.
0: I mean, I guess it was the fifties, and he oh, was true. like, he was the you know the pinnacle of horror, then the Universal horror. But even so, he's quite a. There's quite there's quite an ability to Frankenstein like he's not horrifying to no. look at is he oh, maybe we're too maybe we're too young to have been horrified by the look well, we've been so desensitized yeah desensitized I guess he is I maybe mean, the equivalent is he was worse than Freddy or something like that yeah I we, said we, we have such
1: really a broad nice range of violence. pop culture references that we can very precisely plot that this thing was exactly worse than Freddy Krueger but not as bad as a xenomorph I'm putting him in <laughs> yeah. that sort of territory <laughs> okay good.
0: Uh, Subsequent investigations turned up little physical evidence Although local Sheriff Carr and his deputy Burnell Long I love these names So good uh, Did claim uh, to smell the strange metallic odour while searching the area A. Lee Stewart, co-publisher of the Braxton County Democrat, a local newspaper Returned to the site later on that evening with Lemon And also admitted to noticing an odd odour. Okay, well, this is what you are got to investigate, is the odour. It's not a cheese odour. We know that. Yeah, it's not a, a cheese odor. ghost. Um, the odour was still there, said Stuart. It was sort of warm and sickening, and there were two places, about six to eight feet in diameter, where the brush was trampled down. Okay, but I thought they said he floated towards them.
1: I, I think the uh, the modern interpretation of this by crazy people is that it was both there was a UFO and there was also the monster itself. So the, the trampled part is the, the UFO. Oh, okay. the, uh, yeah.
0: Stuart, for his part, seemed convinced that the group had seen something strange. Those people were the most scared I've ever seen. People don't make up that kind of story quickly. <laughs> <laughs> I, mm. I don't know about that. <laughs> I hate to believe it, but I hate to say I don't believe it, added Stuart. Those people were scared, badly scared, and I sure smelled something. <laughs> <laughs> if you can't trust your nose. Well, I guess, yeah, like, we, we don't really have...
1: Like, visual and auditory hallucinations are common-ish. You know, like, mm. you think you see something, but you didn't. That's relatively common. Thinking you smelled something, but you didn't, not as common. I don't think I've ever had, like, a phantom smell that I know of.
0: No, that's a good point. Uh, I guess it's not a phantom smell, but there is dispute over what you're smelling. My wife and I constantly debate. She thinks she smells gas leaks all the time. Oh. I think it's just, like, a damp smell because i've gone out and i've checked you know we're on gas bottles where we live and there's no leakage and i've even done the soap test and stuff but i think what she's smelling is is different and in the same way that do you know that like women see a broader spectrum of colors than men
1: oh i did not know
0: that yeah because like when i was cleaning our deck i had to clean it before i oiled it and she would come out and do like the spot check and she'd say oh that's still dirty and i and i'm looking at the same thing i'm like i can't see a color difference between that. And I was getting so frustrated because I thought she was being like really finicky. And then I found out that like, yeah, women see a broader spectrum of of colors than men. So she was literally seeing something that I could not see that I was like almost colorblind to seeing like the shades of Brown, essentially.
1: That's so odd. But also it's then introduced to you a problem that you probably wouldn't have noticed. If it had never been pointed out to you, you would have just done the deck and then not seen the consequences of it either. It's just made your life harder everyone's vision should be just as bad
0: we actually met a woman when we were scouting for locations um, in the northern rivers we f- found this location that was like a it was like, I guess it was essentially like a an events venue but like this rustic farm and this beautifully restored house and shed and we're wandering around and the, the the woman who owned the place was showing us around and then we went into her house and the house was filled with this artwork that was like it was Sort of psychedelic, but not in the imagery, but in the colors, like really bright, like overpowering, almost like fluorescent colors. And every painting was like that. It was just really impactful. And um we were asking her about it. And she said, Oh, yeah, she has this rare condition where she has extra cones in her eye. Yeah, and bright. so she sees a like where most, I don't know what most people's like color spectrum is, but say it's like 20 million. She sees 10 times that. And so, These paintings are kind of like like the variation in the shades of green and blue and red and stuff was like really, really dynamic. And I thought she was making it up. I thought she's just been a pretentious (laughs) artist. But then I found a link uh, of like an interview that she'd done with some like um, uh, ABC program where she'd been featured as this like, yeah, this, this artist who works with these like incredible like color spectrums.
1: Yeah, right. Makes me think of our um, Nick Reffin, the director. He always has those like super saturated yes. uh, blues and oranges and stuff because he is red, green, colorblind. Right. So, which obviously you see blue, orange contrast in like the color grading of m- most movies, but he does it super saturated because he can't see the other contrast. So it's the only one that actually visually pops to him, which
0: I really like. I'm, I don't think I'm colorblind, but I definitely have trouble differentiating between shades of the same color. Like the I'm always mocked in this in this (laughs) house because like can you pass me that purple t-shirt? But purple, pink, coral. It's like a real, it's, a, it's hard for me to kind of work out, you know. That's a broad it's, spectrum
1: it's... of colors you've described.
0: <laughs> well, more like the the shades of those things. Like, yeah, I mean, lavender, the lilac. I, I don't have the v- vocabulary for colors like fuchsia, lilac, things like that.
1: Yeah, but the, there's that thing with how, um, I think it's an example from the Iliad, I think, where there's a line in there where the sky is described as being bronze and the sea is described as being wine colored and like there was this whole thing about being like oh my god did ancient greeks perceive color differently or whatever but obviously it's just comes down to language and how you describe color and having maybe more limited words to describe something but then also Mm. i think it was the ancient greeks that had that considered blue and light blue to be different colors entirely like not a shade of the other but distinct which is it's wild that it's something we kind of take for granted that you can distinctly, even though we know they lie on a spectrum, we're like, well, they, that's red, that's green, and there's some point where it stops being red on its way to being green or whatever. It's, a, mm. yeah, it's such a
0: vague, amorphous concept. Uh, this is a, an article from, I don't know where, uh, they've, they've cut off, the, uh, they've cut off the, the publication, but the heading is Jersey State Forest Disarmed by Park Police, a so-called UFO detector site. Was found by New Jersey State Park Police and was disarmed, which involved unplugging headphone wires from a block of wood, (laughs) as well as the suit can they were plugged into. Oh (laughs) goddamn! That's adorable. It makes you think of like like that movie Explorers or something like that, where you know a couple of kids can contact out of space by connect. That's what I dreamed of you know as a kid was if i just went into the tool shed and just connected a few things that maybe somehow i'd open a portal or contact aliens or something my dad's bad head old school battery tester you know where you yeah and i was just like oh maybe this is supernatural (laughs) it's the needle move and hold it next to an electric car
1: i think i definitely that sort of style of kids adventure movie gave me the impression that i could just maybe like connect the circuit board from inside a radio with a TV and something would happen, you know, I'd be like, aha, that's, that's what
0: tinkering is. I think I found a way to contact E2. (laughs) Uh, This is uh, back to um, uh, Reddit. Uh, This is called Bigfoot satisfaction of eating fresh vegetables. (laughs) I saw a family of Bigfoot walking around the woods next to my family home in 1969 in Madison, New Jersey, (laughs) near the great swamp on 42nd and Garfield Avenue. The Bigfoot, or is the plural of Bigfoot Bigfeet? If mean, there's more than one,
1: I'm personally a there's a single Bigfoot theorist, but uh, yeah, I guess big big Bigfoots, Bigfeet, big yeah, feet. Bigfoots maybe. The
0: Bigfoots were raiding the tomato patches and vegetables up in the hill in the garden of my neighbour. These Bigfoot were radiating an energy of a multidimensional nature. Oh, it was cool. It was like uh, a glowing around them. Whilst they smiled and beamed the satisfaction of eating fresh vegetables. Oh, God damn. <laughs> what does a multi dimensional uh, nature consist of, I wonder? Radiating an energy of a multi dimensional nature.
1: Yeah, I wonder that. Is this something they ascertained from being able to look at them, or is this something they maybe sensed psychically, I wonder? Well,.
0: he he, the qualify is that it was glowing around them while they smiled so i'm guessing he's saying like he visually noticed but how does a glowing light around someone suggest multi-dimensions i love that
1: i love when people add like extra flavor to something like it's not enough that you saw a family of bigfoots in fucking new jersey (laughs) eating
0: eating tomatoes
1: you've got to be like oh and also they're psychically radiating good vibes uh, which I could see because I can see vibes with my third eye yeah, or my two regular eyes,
0: depending on how that went down. Well, that is the kind of conspiracy brain though, isn't it? It's like, there's always a, like a, in case of emergency, like break glass. If you confront a conspiracy theorist or expose them to the truth or whatever, they can always say, oh yeah, but that's because they're mind controlled into saying that, or it's like they've created a, some kind of illusion or they project blah, 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 blah.
1: Yeah. Yeah. So
0: yeah. I'll tell you about like the guy I met who was um, uh, uh, – Gem and I went to see a band at our local when we were living in Sydney. It was this amazing like surf rock band, but they all look like they're in tenacious D, just these middle-aged dads in tracksuit pants and T-shirts, but playing the most awesome like surf rock. And um, the only guy in the band who looked like he should be in a band was the bass player who looked like one of the Ramones. He had like the shaggy black hair and a leather jacket and tight jeans and wide stance as he's like playing the bass. Mm-hmm. And during their break, I was just sort of chatting to him. I think we're having a cigarette outside or something. And we've talked about the Beatles and he was like, oh yeah, but you know, after Paul died and they got that lookalike in, you know, that was, they were never the same. And I was like, what? And I was vaguely aware of the Paul is dead conspiracy. And then, yeah, and, 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 you know, so do you know the story about like, so um, Paul, Paul died in a car accident and MI6 approached the Beatles and said, Hey, look, we're terrified if this news gets out, there's going to be like a rash of, Mass suicides amongst teenage girls, so mm-hmm. we'd like you to uh, contemplate hiring a replacement. And so they found this guy called William Campbell, who was a Paul McCartney lookalike, and they um, uh, they hired him and sort of put him through like Beatles boot camp, taught him how to play like a left handed bass, um, had slight <laughs> corrective plastic surgery, so he like he really resembled Paul. But the idea was that the Beatles are going to you know release or promote whatever album had just come out, and then they will meant to disband. And that was going to be the end of it. But William Campbell got a taste for it, <laughs> a taste for the high life, and then went on to form wings and like take on this, the script. So he was telling me this whole story and I was like, where did you, where did you get this info from? And he's like, oh, there's an amazing documentary about it called like Paul is not dead. And so while he was talking, I got my phone out and looked it up on IMDB. And it quite clearly says mockumentary Paul is not dead. And so I, I waited for him to finish and I said, I, so this is the film? And I was like mockumentary. And he's like, yeah, that's it. And I said, it says it's a mockumentary. It so it was like it was a joke. And he was like, yeah, no, but that's that's how it's marketed because they need to have like plausible deniability in case my six oh. comes down. On them. And I'm like, wow. Like there's no way I'm getting, like the mental gymnastics will just continue.
1: Yeah, they've got a fortress there that there's like, there's nothing you can do, which is. You know, that must be really reassuring to have your beliefs like so entrenched that you can just be like, oh, hologram, disinformation, page yeah. shell, you know. There's that <laughs> exactly. whole like the like the levels of UFO nut you can be where it's like, oh, it's these flying metal discs that come here or they're energy projections. Or there's the Jacques Vallée style, where every mm. single paranormal thing that's ever happened is Uh, These interdimensional aliens visiting us, but our brain turns it into something that we can understand, which is why in the 50s, they looked like metal flying saucers, because that's the only thing we could do to understand them. Whereas now they look like orbs on infrared, or they look like a mothman, or they look like a Like, which is the best, because that one, you're like, whatever you see is valid whatever happened to you that's real and it backs up everybody else's experience as well
0: well it's also the same with like sleep paralysis demons right like it used to be sleep paralysis demons were like hags or witches that would sit on your chest and that was sort of like you know coming out of the you know in the the late 19th century and then that morphed into alien abduction and it's like as our kind of yeah um uh, as as pop culture i guess or or, or um, entertainment changed and it introduced new villains <laughs> like it was the same experience which is i woke up i was in a foreign place there was an evil entity on top of me they were doing things to my body that i couldn't stop and it's all it's like well we're just it's the brain rationalizing Sleep paralysis. (laughs) I had my
1: first, like, I think I've had sleep paralysis like twice in my life, like once as a kid where it was just like a couple of seconds of not being able to move and being like, hey, what the fuck is happening?
0: Were you still dreaming?
1: No, I was like very conscious of what was happening to me. Uh, The last time it happened to me was, I think two or three months ago, I was in a hotel in uh, beautiful Emerald, Queensland, because I was stuck there because my car was fucked up. Uh, And I woke up in the middle of the night to the sound of a like like unbelievably strong winds rattling all the doors oh and goodness. windows and i'm like felt fully conscious but completely unable to move while i'm like why is there like a windstorm inside my hotel room and i was like uh, eventually sort of fell back to sleep and then woke up and i was like oh that was sleep paralysis okay but i could 100% see that Very easily, if I didn't have a way to rationalize that, I'd be like, there's a fucking UFO last night, you know, like something was in that room. But, you know, it was just I was very stressed and had the worst sleep of my life.
0: Well, my daughter, um, when I put my daughter to sleep for a couple of weeks, so she's got this like, um, like a coat rack that's on the wall with like various, you know, hats and coats and you know bits and bobs. And I was sort of putting her to sleep and she was drifting off and I was just sort of sitting there and looking around the room. And like you know, we're in a sealed room, but I notice like one of her um, coats is kind of like moving, oh. and I'm like, "Holy fuck!" Like, yeah, what's making that coat move? And like the doors, the windows are closed, the doors are closed, and it's like, and I was like, maybe you know, we live in an old Queenslander, maybe it's just like the there is like a imperceptible movement in the house. And it's just, but it was like,
1: yeah, there's no airtight
0: Queenslanders in the world, like, but it, yeah, exactly. But it was also just this one. Jacket, like, why aren't they all moving? Why isn't the whole thing Ghost moving? Jacket. And I was like, okay, I was willing to just sort of say, I don't understand this, but then and again, like, and <laughs> I was like, all right, this is definitely supernatural, <laughs> there's something odd going on. And I really had to sort of like, I was staring at it and I was trying to work what was going on. And then and it's such a dumb explanation and it's so obvious, I didn't realize, but she's got a little oil heater. And I didn't realize the oil heater has an exhaust, like a very subtle exhaust. And so the Uh hot air was rising and buffeting. You created a a
1: convection current. Yes.
0: (laughs) That was making a coat billow. But I was just like, for at least two nights, I was like, well, my house is haunted. (laughs) I guess we have to move. Fucking hell. (laughs) Goddamn. Even see something like that
1: would just freak the shit out of me, even though as a supposedly rational being, I'd be like, it's a jacket moving. Who cares? But I'd be like, I'm out. We'll get (laughs) out of this house. Fuck, the other night I had a, I'd had had like a pretty big night the night before and so had passed out pretty early and then woke up at like three in the morning just absolutely blinded by light. I was like, what the fuck <laughs> is happening? It is the middle of the night. There's this really bright light coming into my like second floor apartment, which makes no sense because there's no way like car headlights would be angled into this. What the hell is going on? And I was just like so tired and confused and possibly still drug. Until I realized, I was like, "Oh, it's the moon. <laughs> the the moon is shining into my room." And
0: like, was- well, that's appropriate. Because yeah. our next Reddit. Uh, this is from a subreddit called Retcon. The heading is, "Oh yes, does the moon look off since yesterday?" <laughs> Question mark. I love retcon so much. <laughs> I know it has been off for a while now, but I <laughs> I took a good look at, at the moon last night and tonight, and it looks off, <laughs> even more so. Like, it looks like a projected image that's a little bit squished. So it is ever so slightly egg-shaped. Also, I think it might have disappeared too early for me yesterday, but I was half asleep. (laughs) So take that with a grain of salt. And then they follow up with, the sun was also looking squished. I have photos if anyone's interested. PM me.
1: (laughs) Holy fuck. That shit is a delight to me. Retconned is amazing. Uh, There's... We talked about one of them on an episode of Bunta Vista once where it was a guy saying that he thinks Parmesan used to be spelled differently and that they changed it it and only he remembers the Parmesan dimension.
0: I think they've made a joke about that in the new Rick and Morty. Oh, really? Yeah, they arrive in a new dimension, which is almost identical to their dimension. The only difference is the pronunciation of Parmesan.
1: (laughs) Fuck, that's so funny. God. I uh when so that the brisbane ufo the uh, queensland UFO group thing I was talking about where people were talking about Nibiru the Phantom planet, and the alternate solar system that led me into another group where uh they're looking for the second solar system that's within our solar system, and every single day they start a new thread where people all over the world take a photo of the sun so they could all prove <laughs> that sometimes the sun is our sun and sometimes it's the other sun and it's just uh.
0: Every single photo, you're like, yeah, that's the sun. (laughs) Uh, This is uh, from the subreddit Humanoid Encounters. Uh, We just previously talked about a man with um, claws for hands, or sorry, I should say (laughs) a a, a cryptid with claws for hands. Has anyone (laughs) had or heard about encounters with cat-like beings? Hello. Just wanted to know (laughs) if anyone heard about cat people, i.e. the body of humans, but the head of a cat covered in fur. So when that Cats movie came out, they must have fucking yeah. freaked him the fuck out of her. Oh, my God. Imagine being like the New World Order
1: and the government are just rubbing this yeah. in our faces now.
0: I mean, isn't it funny too, though? Like like the Cats movie and even reading this, the thing that immediately comes to my mind is sexy. Like cats are inextricably linked <laughs> to kind of like there's like a sexuality to them, like that movie Sleepwalkers and stuff. Oh, there's yeah, a haughtiness, there. yeah. But like, mm. I don't necessarily think this would be a terrifying thing. Maybe Thundercats fucked me up as a kid or something. I'm like, oh yeah, <laughs> I reckon oh, I wouldn't be too. I mean, not as much as the crab clawed, giant head, fiery eyed uh, cryptid. This one, I think I could, I could handle. Mm. I mean, mate, is it? Are they asking if they exist or is this more of a fantasy? Because it sort of slips into kind of furry territory a little bit, doesn't it?
1: It does. I actually think I would find this much spooker if he hadn't said the covered in hair thing. If we're just talking about like a regular nude human body, but with a cat's head, that's fucked up. Yeah. That at least like, let's say this thing is real mm-hmm. and I saw one of these creatures. If it's all covered in hair, I have a way to rationalize this. I'd be like, yep, I've been accidentally exposed to furry art a lot because of the internet. This isn't the craziest thing I've ever seen. cat head on a regular human body
0: i'm (laughs) fucking out of there that's fucked up um okay i don't know where this is from it's not from reddit i think it's just uh, being gathered from some uh, supernatural forum earlier today around 1 p.m i was walking near 36th and blank and redacted don't know why (laughs) (laughs) when i saw a translucent person evading the police running at high speed they were nearly transparent and you could see their entire circulatory system Never have I seen something so horrifying in my life and I'm desperately hoping someone has some more info. So am I. So that's the, we've got an invisible man, Sitch. Yeah.
1: Yeah. Like in the um the Kevin Bacon one where he sort of, Poly the man. invisibility happens in stages. Yeah. So you had like bones, muscle, skin. I, I'm very intrigued of the mechanics of being able to see the circulatory system. Like if... So some parts are more transparent
0: than others. Well, the exterior, it sounds like, is transparent. So, so imagine. So, would that mean bones? Why the bones? Because you think bones are yeah, right? the foundation of the of the human body. Why are the bones invisible? Just why is it just the guts? Yeah, know.
1: yeah, that seems like a strange choice. So, skin invisible, muscles invisible. Oh, uh huh.
0: I've got an answer for you. I think if you think of John Carpenter's uh, memoirs of an Invisible Man, <laughs> what a picture! When he eats something, the um, the circulatory system becomes visible as the body is
1: processed. <gasps> oh, processing. right. So maybe
0: this, I'm assuming, thief. Mm. Had a big meal before he went and robbed a bank, or whatever he did to make him be pursued by the police. Yeah, maybe had bad diarrhea. Yeah, (laughs) so we're thinking
1: it's the external material highlighting it. All right, that's that's as plausible a theory as I could think of. That's quite good. Yeah, fuck that. That's fun as well because that's like not the sort of cryptid people generally claim to have seen. That's just fun. That's a. (laughs) It's not part of a larger mythos. You know, you're not trying to be like, oh, I want to jump on this bandwagon. You're saying something. Absolutely fucking crazy.
0: <laughs> this is from a assume, like a Craigslist type forum. The um, heading is My Date Ate His Food Like a Snake. Okay. <laughs> I recently signed up to Bumble last week. Well, you don't need to say recently and last week. It's <laughs> tautology. There. Anyway, uh, we don't need to, like, correct their grammar. No really need to either.
1: copy edit them, but yeah, uh, yeah. they fucked up.
0: Okay. <laughs> And I got chatting to a guy on there. Fast forward to yesterday and we meet at a local restaurant slash pub. He was shorter than me on the fire about shorter than me, 5'11". Sorry, hang on. I'm misreading that. He was shorter than me. No, why do I keep saying me? Sorry. (laughs) I can't, I need glasses. He was shorter than the 5'11 he mentioned in his bio. So Mm -hmm. initially she's unimpressed. (laughs) <laughs> so a regular dating profile bullshit, insecure yeah. man, I lying about that. his height. I'm 5'10", yeah. Who try, and I try and sell myself as 5'11 sometimes. It never works. Yeah, sure. <laughs> I knock myself up to 180 centimeters from 178. <laughs> so you meet me and you go, no, you're not. <laughs> joking, mate.
1: That's, a, that's a fair, you know, numbers of, what do you call that, digits of significance or whatever. I think that's acceptable. That's, that's acceptable. right. You can have those two centimeters. Thanks, mate. <laughs>
0: okay. His face looked 10 years older and he wore baggy jeans. Okay. So she's not enjoying this date. I think she's immediately in a bad spot. When we ordered food, he ate like a snake. He clicked his jaw and he opened his mouth really wide to take a bite. I feel really terrible and I'm looking for an excuse to block him and move on. Are we picturing like... He's downing the whole thing in one go or just in... That's the... I'm thinking Diana and V. Yeah. I'm thinking she, like, dislocates the jaw and it's a rat hole.
1: Because if he's just doing it, if he's otherwise eating normally, but opening his jaw right the fuck up, maybe he just has some sort of crazy hypermobility in his jaw.
0: Yeah. And to be honest, like, the bad eating habits are eternal. Oh, yeah. Like there's nothing worse than someone who eats weird or eats with their mouth open or makes that when they chew. Have you ever met one of those people?
1: I've, I've broken up with someone before because um, they, they, with their mouth open and I am really bad with eating noises. And we had lots of conversations about it where I'm like, I'm not trying to attack you. And I know it's not something you do on purpose, but I just, I find it really, and it just made me too anxious. I stopped looking forward to dinner after
0: a while. I was like, I can't do this. I'm out. Um, Okay, um, this uh, I don't know where this is from, but the heading is a number of children saw thirty small cars, each with a gnome and a driver and a passenger, a gnome driver and a passenger. <laughs> the Woolerton Gnomes was a classic anomalous encounter on the twenty third of September, nineteen seventy nine. Half a dozen primary school children went for an evening walk in Woolerton Park in Nottingham. A number of these children then saw thirty small cars, each with a gnome driver and a passenger. <laughs> The encounter lasted, according to the children, about 15 minutes as the gnome cars chased them around the park. The kids eventually escaped out to the surrounding streets for the gnomes declined to follow them.
1: What the fucking... What?
0: That's the most English paranormal encounter I've ever heard of. 30 small cars, each okay. with a gnome driver and a passenger. <sighs> like the thing about kind of mythology too is like gnomes and fairies, they all seem they're stuck in a time period. You don't ever... Uh, imagine them as sort of moving with the times or progressing, yeah. them, like adopting modern technology. So the idea of, like, the Industrial Revolution <laughs> affecting gnomes <laughs> and them going from whatever... Tra- I mean, imagine they rode toads or something back in the day. But, of course, like, why wouldn't a gnome want to kind of advance their form of transport?
1: Yeah, because I, I guess at the time that we sort of invented or first saw gnomes, I guess, uh, mm. they would have their level of technology would have been analogous to ours, Yes. You know, that we were medieval peasants, they were medieval peasant gnomes. But the the implication of them moving up to cars also means that now, 60 whatever years later, have they had the digital revolution? Are they yeah. on, they got a gnome oh, TikTok? Like, what are they doing? Where do you draw the line and say, well, cars are cutesy for them to have, but there's absolutely no way they have the iPad. Like,
0: you know. I mean, you could then really sort of start expanding to like the gnomes have drones. Is that what mosquitoes are? A mosquito, like what we think are like insects, they're they're actual gnome drones. That's how they spy on us.
1: It's, yeah. And surely, okay, so if they've got cars, that means they have automotive manufacturing. It means that they have- I mean,
0: I hope they're electric. I mean, we have enough carbon emissions already without the gnomes contributing. Does
1: that mean there's like petroleum drilling operations being (laughs) undertaken by gnomes? Tiny little like oil rigs offshore? Gnome oil derricks?
0: Or even more terrifying, there's a gnome Elon Musk- (laughs) Who is is driving the electrical uh, automobile revolution.
1: Which would have also meant like gnome dinosaurs leaving skeletons to turn into, you know, like there's a whole, it implies a whole gnome universe of equal complexity to our own. Terrifying to think about.
0: I'm I'm, I'm just fascinated too that each gnome driver had a passenger. So were they all kind of like two seater cars, like MGs or something? Like yeah, like, I'm, why I'm not a sedan? Where's your Where's your sedan?
1: I was also picturing like a little MG or something, like a small yeah. English manufactured car. car, like yeah, a little Lotus or something, maybe like
0: yeah, Morris Minor, maybe. Who knows? It's got to be cutesy. Uh, well, Ben, that uh, brings this Halloween episode to a close. Have you have you been chilled uh, <laughs> to the bone by these stories of supernatural encounters?
1: You definitely finished on the scariest note. I have been spooked <laughs> senseless <laughs> by the conception of the gnome universe, the Uh
0: If anyone wants to follow uh, Ben, they can. Uh, you're at Thomas Violence on Twitter. Uh, are you that the same on Instagram?
1: I am, yeah, and it's all photos of my dog. So um, look forward to that. Is it Lewis, Louis, yeah, Louis, Louis Lewis when Louis. he's in trouble or he's
0: done particularly right. well, yeah. He's a very, it's a very cute dog. He's so right. we'll follow Ben for more laughs like you experienced <laughs> today. Um, okay, I uh, hope you have a happy Halloween. I'm Charlie Clawson I was Ben McLean.